3: Mar Jackson put on a show last night. The former MVP passed for a franchise record 442 yards. I think I said 422 in the first hour. I shorted him 20 yards. The Ravens now in sole possession of first place in the AFC North. will break down his performance and what we learned about the Ravens in their epic comeback. Pressure's on Kansas City. It's all straight ahead. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Hey, everyone. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky live in New York City on this Tuesday, October 12th. My name is Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, D'Angelo Hall, our friend and brother from Good Morning Football Weekend joining us as well. We've got to get to some highlights, of course. We've got uh, lots of things about peanut butter and jelly and tacos to talk about. Justin Mm. Herbert, who's playing the best football now, let us know at GMFB. But uh, the NFL world is talking about one thing and one thing only, and that's why we bring in Tom Pelissero, our insider this morning, with the news that broke late last night. Tom, good morning to you. John Gruden resigned as the Raiders' head coach. Mr. Davis accepted that resignation? How did this all go down? And where do the Raiders go from here?
4: Okay, John Gruden had defended himself since Friday when the Wall Street Journal published an initial personal email Gruden sent when he worked for ESPN back in 2011, in which he used a racist trope to describe NFL Players Association executive director Demora Smith. Gruden said repeatedly, publicly, and privately, these were personal emails not meant for public consumption, and he did not have a racist bone in his body. The NFL turned over additional emails to the Raiders, but Gruden was allowed to coach on Sunday, against the Bears. Then around 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday, the New York Times published an additional trove of Gruden's emails to Washington former president Bruce Allen, among others, in which Gruden used misogynistic and homophobic language, also expressed negative feelings toward the rise of women officials. The NFL's push for a gay player, Michael Sam, to be drafted and players protesting during the national anthem. Within the hour, Gruden had met with Raiders owner Mark Davis, as well as his staff, to inform them of the stunning news, Gruden was resigning as the Raiders' head coach. It is important to note, one of the homophobic slurs that Gruden used in those emails was directed at NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who, growing up, defended his gay brother against such insults. Back in June, it was Goodell who proclaimed football is gay after one of Gruden's own players, Carl Nassib, came out and eventually became the first out player to appear in an NFL regular season game. For Gruden, the Raiders, and a league that has tried to recast its image as one of tolerance, this felt like a point of no return. A swift and stunning fall for John Gruden, the former Super Bowl winning coach who came out of the broadcast booth back in 2018 to rejoin the Raiders. A coup at the time for Mark Davis, who had been pursuing Gruden for years. Gruden remade the roster, the staff. He helped the team with their transition into Las Vegas. The end result, a 22-31 and 31 record, no playoff appearances over parts of four seasons, and on Monday night, John Gruden resigned in disgrace, quite likely his final coaching opportunity at the age of 58. In terms of how the Raiders move forward from here, they have tabbed a longtime Gruden assistant and special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia, as the interim coach, and they still do have a game to play, a big one in the AFC West, on Sunday at Denver, okay?
3: so much work with the NFL and inspiring change. These emails show a consistent pattern of intolerance that has no place in this war. We'll talk about it all morning here and all day on NFL Network. And Tom Pellissero, you were the perfect person to talk to, of course, as you broke this story late last night. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you throughout the day here on Good Morning Football. Back here at the breakfast table, we, of course, are one big, happy, diverse family at NFL Media and you watching at home. And thank you for choosing us this morning. So please uh, let us know how you feel about all of this at GMfM You can make your voices heard. We certainly see those Tweets as they fuel our show, uh, D'Angelo. You are a former player. You are the best person to talk to about how they're going to react in the locker room to this news and how they can respond for the rest of the season. Because I think we all agree that our hearts go out to Raider Nation with mm. all of this going on. Because they're the ones that have to deal with the aftermath.
5: Yeah, and for these players, um, you know, the distraction doesn't end just because Coach Gruden has resigned, right? The, the, the questions still kind of linger, and then there's still always that thought in the back of your head, you know. Well, well, in this situation, was 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 this a factor in you know X Y Z? And so you know, you're always kind of questioning yourself, trying to just figure out you know what what really was Coach Gruden's heart. You know, a lot of those players, you heard Josh Jacobs kind of talk a little bit, um, you know, before all the rest of this you know came out. Josh Jacobs was one of the guys who said, hey, um, you know, people make mistakes, let's move on. You know, he's apologized, um, and and now does that tone change? Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to think it does. Because when you find out all of this stuff, you know, especially at this point, um, you know, it's just not good. It's not right. Um, you know, I feel bad for those players. I I think they will um, respond in a positive way, though. Um, you know, I think those guys will rally together. You know, we use coaches. You know, coaches, coaches get, get you the game plan. Um, but at a certain point, the players in the locker room have to come together and kind of police themselves. And so I think this, you know, I think this Raiders football team will ultimately be okay because those guys have, I think, great leadership. Mm. Um, You know, I think Derek Carr will be a guy who steps up and kind of, you know, helps steady the ship. Uh, But, you know, it's always going to be hanging over this organization's head and to know what Al Davis stood for. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to play for Al Davis. And part of the reason, um, you know, I wanted to go to Oakland wasn't the best deal for myself. Um, You know, I got cut eight games in and I knew that was a that was a possibility but just being in the room with Al Davis um you know hearing him talk understanding what he meant to the game of football what he meant in really diversifying the NFL and diversifying mm-hmm. you know that 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 Raiders organization um you know he's he's he's, he's somewhere looking looking down at us you know terrified at what mm-hmm. what has come of all of this um but i think you know i think the Raiders did the right thing i think coach Ruthin did the right thing he needed to remove himself from this situation let let that Las Vegas, you know, organization try to go out there and try to move on without him, because you know, with all this stuff coming out, it is—I mean—devastating mm-hmm. is a is a is a easy term um, at this point, because I mean, to me, it's, it's still kind of mind-blowing to even see where we are, where we were yesterday, and out. where we are today.
6: I I think you put it really well, and I appreciate you being so candid and, and honest about it in your comments. Um, Tom Pellicero broke the story. You said it, and last night when a story came out. Uh, that he was resigning, it's, it's on the aftermath of not only the Wall Street Journal article that came out Friday, but also the New York Times article that came out Monday. What was a c- uh, conflict for me is that Raiders knew that a lot of this was coming out, and he still coached a game on Sunday mm-hmm. as the face of the franchise, which we can dissect a million different ways. There was a point of no return, though. You can't have um, that, that, that kind of language, that kind of hate speech out there, then also have someone wearing the NFL logos, while the NFL is also trying to promote inclusivity and, and intolerance and being a leader in that field. Yeah. Um, I would go back to the Al Davis thing. Al Davis uh, hired Art Shell as Art. his head coach, first African-American. He hired Amy Trask uh, to be in his front office, the first woman. He hired uh, Tom Flores, Hall of Fame coach, first uh, yeah. Latino-American. Like, The Raiders have always been known as, hey, we've got a bunch of wild and crazy things going on, but right. in the end, we're all in this together, and we'll take everyone from all different corners of the earth and put them in one safe space. Yeah. I thought the Nassib thing was such a great stage into the next era of the Raiders because here's this gentleman coming out uh, publicly and saying, here, and then to get these... These emails, whether they're from the past or whenever they are, it, it almost sets you back a little bit as an organization. They'll regroup. They'll find a way to move forward. And Mark Davis, I believe, is a man of his word and is of his father's um, same t- type of mentality towards inclusivity. But it's it's a dark moment for not only the Raiders organization, um, but for all of us to have to address this in 2021.
7: I, I think you Peter said something earlier in the, in the year in the hour that. The stuff that was in those emails is out there, and we know that, and it always will be out there. It can't be out there for a leader. It can't be out there for an executive. There's a way to conduct yourself yeah. that is completely embarrassing and pathetic for any leader, let alone a leader of football players. And one of the names you mentioned, quickly, D-Hall, I, I can't. I would love to get inside Derek Carr's head right now. I mean... I. On the football side of this, the the storyline, the narrative for Carr has always been enduring John Gruden for years, and Gruden's tough, and Gruden will wear you out, and Gruden's on your ear on the sideline, and he built that, and now it's finally coming to fruition this year, and now Gruden completely abandons him and lets him down. You know, he's on his fourth head coach in nine years. This is a guy who, by all accounts, is a Boy Scout, and I mean that as a compliment, like a yeah. great person who's yeah. all-inclusive. And he put in time with Gruden. Like, he put investment in Gruden. This was the payoff year, and Gruden completely now has just abandoned him. And now, sorry, I screwed up, and now you're on your own again. And it's just, this guy can't get a break. The Antonio Brown thing was ridiculous, and now this was supposed to be the season, 3-0, and and we win on national television. And why? Not because they can't beat the Ravens, because their head coach was an ignoramus in a leadership position, and now he's on his own. I feel for Carr, I feel for the fans, and um, I feel for everyone who trusted the guy.
3: Versace now takes over as the interim head coach. I know things were so different, and I'm not trying to liken it to what you went through in 2007, D'Angelo, but you were on a team with the Falcons that they had their coach. I was the infamous Bobby Petrino incident. So what to, what is the biggest challenge that a team faces when having to regroup without their head coach?
5: You know, just a different voice, a different um, not really set of rules because the standard set of rules are are, are still going to be in place. But, you know, it's really that coach's mentality. Um, you know, Coach Gruden was a guy who had a certain mentality, real fiery. Like you said, Derek Carr kind of has just gotten used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, it's, it's going to be a different person. You know, the play calling to still kind of be the same, but it's it's. It's how you go about your day to day. And, um, you know, when you have a different coach, um, you know, I know us going from Bobby Petrino to it was actually Emmett Thomas, who's mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame DB, um, was in my room uh, as a DB coach. You know, so our relationship was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, he, 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 he taught me so much, um, whereas Coach Petrino, I just I never felt as though we were on the same page. And it might be guys in that locker room who felt that way. Mm. Um, who, 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 who felt like for some reason they just weren't on the same page with Coach mm. Group. So for some of those guys, it's going to be a sigh of relief, and for other guys who who did have good relationships with them, it's going to kind of be, oh man, Coach really let us down. And how how, how do they respond to that? Um, you know, this is it's, it's a tough it was a tough hill mm. climb in general for this Las Vegas uh, Raiders football team now. I mean, that hill just continues mm-hmm. to get even bigger and bigger to try to climb. D'Angelo, you
7: guys had going for you as a team the bleep that guy. We don't want him here anyway. I remember Work Dunn came out the next day, yeah. the nicest guy in the world, and said he was a bad guy. Do you think the Raiders players are having the bleep that guy factor about Gruden? Or is he still
5: their guy? How do you get inside their heads? I mean, I think it's a mixed response, and I think that's what's going to be puzzling in that locker room. And what we figure out mm-hmm. is, is what guys – You know, did he have really good relationships with that they never saw this coming? And what guys really were like, look, yeah, I kind of knew it all along. Mm -hmm. And so it it might be a divide in that locker room. And that's what we'll find out in the next Mm -hmm. coming weeks. And Mm -hmm. I think you'll kind of see it a little bit even on film, too. Mm -hmm. Like, are guys sacrificing for the guy beside him? We watched that Ravens football game last night, and you saw guys sacrificing. Mm -hmm. You saw guys throwing their bodies around, making the play for the next guy, throwing this block does it mean that much to these guys? You know, Is that divide really there, or will these guys kind of come together? Will it be a rallying cry for that Raiders football mm-hmm. team?
6: And just from the journalistic side of it, this came out of an investigation of the Washington yeah. football team in which 650,000 emails were scoured through, and this is the first leak that we've gotten. I don't think this story's done, and I'm not trying to you know say that, hey, there's going to be some great – in the discovery phase, but for John Gruden, who was on Monday Night Football and a coach of another team – for that to be the first wave of here's mm-hmm. what was discovered in this thing, I, this this could be explosive.
5: It could be very explosive. And I think that's the caveat that I think no one's really talking about. Like, this wasn't about John Gruden. Mm-hmm. This was about the Washington football team. It became about John Gruden. And everyone has, since the wrap-up of the investigation, everybody has been trying to figure out what's going on in, in Washington. Even myself, you know, as an employee, um, you know, I called the games on Sunday on the radio and, you know, it was times that I was kind of like, you know, is this something I want to be a part of? Because I didn't know what was going to happen sure. in that building and the uncertainty. And, you know, obviously, we know some things have happened in recent weeks with the DEA coming mm-hmm. in there. And so it just seems like it continues to go. You know, I'm not a player in that locker room anymore, but, you know, that taste, it, it just it just continues sure. to go. And I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, because, mm-hmm. yes. John Gruden got what he deserved, and I'm sure there's millions of other people out here who are saying, the Washington football team, we want to know what comes of this from from that standpoint. And we'll be tracking
3: that story when anything comes out. We'll be here right here on Good Morning Football. Much more to get you. Highlights from last night. Lamar Jackson putting on an all-time performance. Players sacrificing for each other. D'Angelo Hall says we'll have more highlights from that thriller in Baltimore up against the Colts after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with at and in-car Wi-Fi on the network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
7: Electric football last night. Let's get into it. Lamar! That was one of the greatest nights we've ever seen. Was there ever doubt? I'm going to be honest. No, it wasn't a doubt in my mind. Um, Our team, you know, we, we hit that peak that we needed, you know, at the right time. Second half, you
5: know, we just knew it was one play at a time. You know, that's all we kept saying in the huddle, like, one play at a time. You know, don't get too hype over, you know, we get 20 yards on this play, you know, just take our time. And that's what we did. Not a
3: great night for... Defenses will figure Lamar Jackson out. Not a great uh, night for it. make Lamar beat you with your arm being the default analysis <laughs> for Lamar, who threw for 422 and four touchdowns. Mm. That's not only incredible and epic because it was a comeback, but also from an efficiency perspective, 86% completion percentage, the highest ever for a quarterback throwing over 400 yards. This was Russell Wilsony, Russell Wilsony. This was Mahomesian epic comeback. What'd you make of it? What'd you learn, D'Angelo?
5: I mean, I mean, just hats off to Lamar. I mean, the the Colts did everything they could to give this game away, kind of at the end, missing some field goals and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But I tell you what, I mean, Lamar played lights out football. I mean, me, me and some of my buddies were having a little conversation. We got this little group chat that we've had Gosh, probably about 15 years, all right? Even when I was playing in the league. And, all you know, all types of conversations come up. Mm-hmm. And the last conversation yesterday evening was about quarterbacks. And I was just saying how, you know, how I love Lamar, but, I, you know, I need him to take that next step, right? And everybody's like, man, he's won an MVP. And I'm yeah. like, yes, he won an MVP with limited throwing. So the potential is off the charts at what this guy can be once, once he sits in the pocket, once he sees a little more defenses. Mm-hmm. And that's what you saw. You saw with the end result of what Lamar is going to be. And I don't think he is a finished product. Yesterday was an amazing game, 37 of Mm -hmm. 43, 442 yards, four touchdowns. And I'm telling you, he's just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just really understanding that, yes, I can always run around and use that as my check down, but teams now have to guard me a little bit differently because I can get out this pocket and make tremendous plays with my legs. And you saw that. You saw him kind of understanding what coverages he was going against, mm-hmm. where to attack these coverages. And, I mean, I thought Lamar played a hell of a football game. And I'm ready to say, Lamar Jackson, you're you you you're proving everyone wrong right now, buddy. Because yeah. it, it was an amazing game by him, by the rest of those Ravens. Um, You know, couldn't have done it without the defense getting those mm-hmm. stops. Because it took a while for the defense to get those stops. Because Frank Wright, I thought, called a masterful game mm-hmm. early on. Wentz and Carson well. Wentz played Really, really good.
6: Yeah, uh, 22 unanswered points when at some point it looked like it was going to be a we got to pick apart Lamar tomorrow Mm -hmm. and here we got to do, we got to do the heavy lifting and now we got to find holes in his game again. That was in a week where Josh Allen was unbelievable, Justin Herbert was unbelievable, Tom Brady was flawless. I think Lamar Jackson has had the best game played by a quarterback all season. This is the one. And it might have been missed by most of America because it was after the (laughs) halftime on Monday Night Football. Take a look now that we're done with with the week five of football. Take a look right now of the NFL's passing leaders. There's Lamar. He's right in the thick of it, right there with with Brady, who's in a pass-first offense, Carr, pass-first offense, Stafford and Herbert. Lamar is right there. Let's take a look at the NFL's rushing leaders right now. Where does he stack up? Okay, he's right there. He's right in the top ten with some of the best running backs you'll ever see and then let's look at teams total offenses total yards in the NFL the Raiders are 13th in the league the Eagles are 14th and there's Lamar Jackson right with more yards than the entire 49ers the entire Colts team and oh 16 other teams after that Lamar Jackson is putting on a show week to week. It is in dramatic fashion. A lot of it is after hours. They've had so many primetime games, and yet this guy continues to dispel all the myths that he cannot play quarterback. And his team continues to dispel the myths that you can't win football games that way. They were down 22 to three with what was supposed to be a run-first offense, right. and guess what? They scored 22 unanswered points, and that guy threw for over 440 yards. Hats off to Lamar Jackson. Hell yes! Yeah. Add to the history. It couldn't be more
7: appropriate that this happened last night, and. The Ravens' hundred-yard rushing streak is over. It got snapped one game short of the all-time record. This whole thing where Vic Fangio, the Broncos, got pissed off—they run for 100 yards—it's over. They did not do it last night. I don't know if they're disappointed about it, but I'm not at all. This couldn't be more appropriate. This is—we're evolving. We're past that. We're done with the streak. I'm also evolving past the palpable surprise every Monday or Tuesday morning when Lamar throws a few passes. He has done this before. We need to move as a community, as a country, (laughs) past, like, wow, Lamar can throw a little bit too. Last year, he's already had a game where he threw 80% and 275. Two years ago, he had a game where he threw 85% and 324. This is not all of a sudden Happy learned how to putt. He knows how to putt. He likes to drive. He's better at driving. He's also very good at putting. So I'll just speak personally. I'm tired of the... Oh, my gosh, he can pass. No, pay attention. He's been able to pass for a long time. Some nights he does it better than others. He's the perfect weapon, and he does belong with those guys. And he belongs with running backs. If you put him at wide receiver, Peter, he'd be in the top five receivers if he wanted to. <laughs> put him at cornerback, he'd be in the top five with interceptions, Adams. He can do it all. Oh. But, but he's a, a quarterback. quarterback. I know. We all know.
3: Mike Evans was asked yesterday about how we, how often he thinks about the greatness of Tom Brady when he's out there, and here's what he had to say.
5: I mean, all the time. He always, what he does is is crazy, especially at his age and the level of play that he's been able to sustain for such a long
8: time. It's, it's unreal, and I don't think we'll ever see it again.
3: It's true, what Brady's doing this season, unheard of. He's blowing these other 44-year-olds out of the water historically, but his numbers this season are tops of almost every single category. I mean, Evans is catching touchdowns and touch. it's insane what's going on. If Tom Brady somehow wins the MVP this season... Where does that stack up as far as, like, greatest feats in his career? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this this even the conversation? I don't know. I just feel like we need to give Brady a love. Yeah,
6: right? And, like, if he wins the MVP, does he then get that? We say, that's the greatest feat of his career. Then he wins another Super Bowl. And we're like, no, 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 that's the greatest feat of his career. Then next year wins another MVP. Mm -hmm. No, 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 that one. At 45. I don't know how many times we can rip up the pages on, you know, this is amazing. But what he's doing is incredible. What I find so fascinating is we watch these games. And on, and on Sunday, it was a cool one where you had Romo and Nance doing the game. It's not often that we get an NFC team on CBS and especially those guys. And it's like, wow, Brady is significantly older than Tony Romo, and mm-hmm. Romo's calling his games. And mm-hmm. you've got Mark Sanchez in the booth now, and you've got Jonathan Vilma in the booth, and you've got all these other <laughs> people who are significantly younger than the quarterback that they're ooing and eyeing over. That's pretty it's, cool. It's a fascinating dynamic. And <laughs> I, I know that uh, 45 <laughs> or 50, we're not sure what it is. Let's appreciate 44. It's insane what Tom Brady's doing right now, and he looks as good as ever. He
5: does. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's amazing. I mean, I thought he was amazing – four or five years ago, and to see him continue down this road. Um, you know, we knew that Tom Brady this year it had the opportunity to do something special. You know, if you watch how this team played last year mm-hmm. and the chemistry, as how they got better and better as the season went on, you knew, oh, man, the workhorse that Tom Brady is, this team has a chance to really be scary. But I think the biggest feat was last year. I mean, just everything they had to overcome with covid with not having sure. you know mm-hmm. a typical offseason to really work out all that chemistry and to ultimately come out and win the super bowl you know that's 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 tom's measuring stick you know it's mvps are cool and they're great but tom wants to sit in front of you and flash those rings mm-hmm. and so to get 7 i thought was the greatest accomplishment anybody could ever
3: that think of was for tom than brady 28 to 3 greater feat for tom brady Winning without Belichick yeah. and a new team was that greater to you than 28 to three? Tell me. Yes. Yeah.
5: Yes. Why? Yes. Just because I was one of those ones who thought it was all about Belichick mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I didn't give Tom. The amount of respect he probably deserves. So I apologize for that. 28 to 3 is because Kyle Shanahan didn't run the ball. Mm. Yes.
4: The <laughs> that's, like,
7: ran it. that's because Matt Ryan didn't do these things. That, that's a footnote. I love 28 to 3. But the answer is absolutely a resounding yes, it would be his most impressive if he won the MVP. Because D. Hall, you know this. He won the Super Bowl a lot last year because of Devin White and Jason Pierre Paul. That was a great team. A great team, and the Chiefs had no linemen. If he wins the MVP in the era when we have the best quarterbacks we've ever had and passing records being broken left to right, and he's 44. Yes, it would be. However, my final answer to this is that he his greatest accomplishment is still four years away. It's the 2025 season. Wow. And he has a date with destiny. And bring me the picture. This is the man he is chasing. This will be his greatest accomplishment. That's George Blanda in an NFL game. Oldest player of all time. Tom Brady still has four years left to go. When he gets that, he can
6: finally rest. I, I, Kyle, having done the show, I thought you were going to show a picture of Arch Manning and say when he beats Arch Manning. he <laughs> we'll beat Arch
7: too. That is when Le-Low. When he's George Blanda's age beating Arch Manning, the rookie in the Super Bowl, then it's like, Tom, you're out of here. Yeah. Go. Let's welcome in
6: Live from London, Scott Pioli. Hello, Good Scott. Scott. Hello, hello. Scott, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Scott we got to start, though, on a different tone here. We're going to start with the breaking news out of Las Vegas last night. I know you were likely uh, at a different time zone when it went down, but John Gruden has now resigned as the Raiders head coach after multiple reports surfaced of him using racially insensitive, homophobic, and misogynistic terms in emails that dated all the way back to 2010. Let me ask you, Scott, you've been in the league a long time. What was your first reaction when you saw the news?
8: You know, uh, well, first, I'll go back to the news when all of this information started to come out. Um, it was disappointment. It was, uh, unfortunately, I I wish I could say it was shock. And I don't mean because of John Gruden, um, just because I've been in too many rooms for too many years. And I... Um, Woke up this morning and saw that he had resigned, and I saw the additional. Like every couple of hours, is more information coming out, and and, and again, the, I'm still trying to process my feelings. I'm having a lot of feelings, and 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 I'm going to be quite honest here. We don't have enough time for this show. I wish my feelings were just disappointment in John, um, but I think that there's a much bigger thing going on here that we have to keep being reminded of rather than us reminding ourselves where we're at in society. And, um, so I'm still processing a lot, but I guess the word I can't get past is words are disappointment and frustration.
7: Totally understand Scott and completely relate. Let's try to compartmentalize a little bit and look to the business side of it. You understand the football business. What happens next with the Las Vegas Raiders? What did they do to move on from here as an organization, as a team?
8: You know, Kyle, this is the interesting thing is that we all of us that are in this business, um, players, coaches, anyone who's with a team, we are trained and taught to compartmentalize life and compartmentalize things. Okay, you have a death in the family, you compartmentalize and you go out and play a game or work a game. There's um, a lot of things that we've been trained to compartmentalize. This, to me, is going to be very interesting. I think there will be a, a segment of the population within the Raiders that can compartmentalize. Again, because of the, the, the topic that we're on here, I think that there will be players that won't be able to compartmentalize. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the team reacts based on this. Again, this is one of those ones where I wish I could give you a better answer because you'd say, oh, yeah, they're going to compartmentalize. They're going to do everything will be fine because that's what they're trained to do. I don't know if any of us, well, clearly none of us are trained to work ourselves through circumstances like this.
3: It's well said. Scott will, of course, be tracking the John Gruden story throughout the day. Our very own Tom Pilsoe breaking that story last night. John Gruden resigning as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. We loved while we have you and you're over in London. Let's talk a little football rest of the NFL now. And I want to ask you about the Cowboys. You're in London. They're America's team and they are looking awesome on offense, but a standout defensively as well. I'll be honest and admit I wasn't sure how the Dan Quinn campaign was going to go over. I had my questions. How much do you believe their defensive performance so far is shaped and influenced by their D coordinator.
8: Okay, I think a ton of it is, you know, I worked several years with Dan in Atlanta, even though he was the head coach, I had studied him as a coordinator under Pete Carroll and got to work with him day to day. What I really love that they did was they went out and made sure for Dan's defense, what he likes to do in terms of penetrating, getting upfield, the type of coverages he likes to run. He they have done a good job of making sure that they're bringing in or keeping the players and possibly, you know, and moving on from some of the players that don't fit the scheme. You know, one of the key things to Dan Quinn football is he always talked about this preach, it's all about the ball. And I understand he's the defensive coordinator and not the head coach, but what he has done there right now they're number 2 in the league in takeaways. And they're number two in the league overall in terms of turnover, turnover differential. So Dan is making his imprint on this defense, which has become infectious with the whole club. Because, oh, by the way, on the other side of the ball, they've got a heck of a bunch, you know, they've got a bunch of good players on the other side of the ball. So Dan's whole idea about being about the ball, getting after the ball, everything is about the ball. That's what their defense is doing right now. And they're capitalizing on that as an overall team.
5: Scott, the reason you're in London is for the international combine. Tell us what's happening this week.
8: Yeah, yeah. It's uh so there's been a lot going on in the past several days. We've got 43 players from across the world, from everywhere, from New Zealand, Japan, Germany, any most every country you can think of. We've got three players in from Nigeria that are part of a program that OCU Minora is is heading up, and they're here working out. And what the process is, is we have this combine. We didn't have it last year. We had a couple of years ago in Cologne. The players come here. We evaluate them. I've spent the past two days interviewing all of the players, spending time with them, getting to know them, their backgrounds. I mean... What we see here is amazing. One young man that I was with is a full-time plumber and a part-time student. And, oh, by the way, he pays to play football. It's a remarkable group of people. And from this, it's like what we did last year with Samus Reyes. From this group, we select a group of players that will come to the United States and train for three months through the, sp- or late, uh, the, the late winter, early spring. And we'll have a, another combine or pro day based on the players that we select out of this 43.
6: So cool. And it's such a cool experience for you, obviously, personally and professionally, having done so much work over the years in different front offices to now be able to go to London and be foots on the ground, feet on the ground, and also playing a big role in the leadership of it. Scott, thank you for being a part of the show. And thank you for bringing our game overseas and for them to now bring their games over here.
8: Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Great to see you again. And I'll see you from home on Tuesday.
3: During the Sunday night football rain that. delay, Bills and Chiefs players were given peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It was viral. It was all over the place. Uh, and they were eating them as they were waiting for the game to get going again. That got us thinking about perfect combinations, like we Will try to team me up. In the football world, though, who do you believe mm. has the potential to be the PB&J, the go-to combo this season?
5: Well, I'm going with a young crew. I'm mm. going with a young crew. And yeah. It's, it's, it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Nice. One. I mean, woo, that's, if that ain't peanut butter and jelly for you, and it's dating back too. And look, Jamar Chase, we all have chronicled those struggles in the preseason, and everybody was worried and concerned. Joe Burrow, first game, said, hey, thought the dude couldn't catch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just the connection and the combination of those two guys. Uh, Joe Burrow has over 1,200 yards, 11 TDs. 450 of those yards are Jamar Chase's. Five touchdowns are Mm. Jamar Chase's. I just think that this young combination is going to be a force to be reckoned with in this league Mm -hmm. for years and years to come. Um, I know there's probably better combinations that have been doing it longer. But I like these two young studs right here now. It's awesome.
6: You mentioned off-season concerns and the August worries of whether he can catch a ball. How about a tandem that was listening to off-season concerns right up until week two? Because week one, it did not look good. I'm going with the old, the old, go- Rodgers and Adams. This is what it is. And they are doing it again. Yeah, it's so fun. Started off yeah. slow out of the gates against New Orleans. Listen to this. Devontae Adams right now leaves the league in catches. Yes, he does. Targets, receiving yards. 20-yard catches, first downs. <laughs> I can go on. There's about a million different stats. Rogers and Adams is the combination. They are the goat right now, and they are sitting pretty on top of that perch. I would love to see Jamar and Burrow challenge them, but there's no one even hard close. Oh. Yeah. Are, How are
7: you even going to question that one? With We're the so Rogers good. hair these days, the peanut butter is definitely a little crunchy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? just yes. a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at watchability, uh, absolutely. And you can have uh, the Longs, the Mannings, the Shanahan's. Give me a father-son combination in New England. Give me bill and steve belichick <laughs> bring it up here's the tandem there's the old man and the prodigal son on the left uh, you know if you know this is steve played lacrosse at rutgers he was a long stick midi. actually played against chris hogan at one point on the field in lacrosse and has probably the most gifable face in the nfl right now he used to have the crazy crazy long hair and then he went with this sort of unbelievable joe dirt deal and that's just how he rocks it. And he sticks his tongue out sometimes on Cameron. People like it. And he's uh, the son to the most successful NFL coach of all time. Is this guy going to coach the Patriots someday? Right. Is he going to do it? Probably. Because I'm here for it. I love them. When it's the a <laughs> Patriots game, enough of Mac Jones. He's great. I like the Belichick boys. Those are my guys. Yeah,
3: those are hard to beat. Yours is really hard to It's the classic PB&J. Yeah. You know exactly what it's going to taste like every time, but it's must-watch. I like when you like have an unexpected PB&J. Maybe it's on cinnamon toast. Maybe there's slices of banana put between the peanut butter and the jelly. It's something that you weren't quite expecting and that's my favorite combo it is justin herbert who's somehow impossibly building upon a record-breaking performance his freshman season now he's in his sophomore year and it's mike williams is the receiver that i love watching him throw to we nobody thought it nobody saw those banana slices uh in the pb and j coming or those blueberries these two have combined guys for a league leading six touchdowns so far williams is fifth in the league, overall, big body, red zone. Love them all over the field. It's nothing but big play after big play between them. And I don't see them slowing down anytime soon.
7: Okay, there's no blueberries Addams. in the PB&J. Yeah, there is. Blueberries? blueberries. Oh,
3: yeah, I love, like, toast with <laughs> peanut butter and then, a like, very little jelly and lots of uh, blueberries on top. Really? Have
2: you eat toast I gotta
5: try that.
3: Blue- Oh, mm. my gosh. Bluestone I, Bakery I'm into down the street. Let's go. Now, I have okay.
5: toasted my bread on a PB&J. Sure. It is amazing. Or it cinnamon bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Pretty I good. I put hot sauce in my
6: Three peanut butter. Yeah. I eat it with a spoon. Hot sauce? <laughs>
5: is that a joke? It's a joke. Oh, I'm like, what? Peter you put hot sauce on, on anything. anything. Up
3: next right. We'll talk Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Very strange first five weeks. Give us your PBJ combos. I know I'm not the only one who eats fruit on their PB&Js. I know it. Or you put extra peanut butter on both sides, just jelly in the middle. It's a lot of ways to go.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
2: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi.
3: Taco Tuesday is still cool because we say so. Time to get some things off our chest with a segment that we call Taco About It. Peter, anything you want to discuss, maybe Lederhosen, (laughs) maybe the NFC North.
6: Maybe blueberries on peanut butter and jelly. Um, I'm going to go to last week's Vikings-Lions game. The big story afterwards was Dan Campbell crying and so emotional that his team couldn't come out with a win because of this miraculous victory by the the Minnesota Vikings in the last second. Um, Have you been watching Vikings games this season? I'm crying for Vikings fans. Go ahead. The Vikings have had one of the most historically... Heartbreaking seasons of, of any, and it's only five weeks in. This was week one, a game that they thought they were in control of, and their star running back fumbles in overtime in Bengals territory. They would eventually lose this in overtime. This is week two. They marched them all the way downfield, and Greg Joseph would hit a 50-yarder earlier, misses a 40-yarder. They lose. This is week four. They go to Cleveland, where they, they somehow hold the Browns to just 14 points, and they lose. And then this week was crazy. They're up 16-6 to against the Lions. And with what a minute left to go, and Greg Joseph comes out to put it away. This one looks like it was good. Right. It was short. So weird. So then the Lions get the ball back. They score a field goal. Then it's 16 to nine. Put the game away. Take a knee. End it. Alexander Madison with a minute left to go. Just go down. Just go down. The yeah. game's over. Nope. He's fighting for yards. <laughs> he fumbles. So mad. And then the Lions come back and score the touchdown and they have the two pointer. The fact that it even got to that and that it get, this is what we see in the highlights, like, oh the Vikings win! The Vikings were up 16 to 6 with three minutes left and they had a missed field goal and their running back fumbled unnecessarily, like they tried giving this game away, and it's a team that has already <laughs> given away other games. The Vikings are two and three. They could very easily be five and zero right now. They have been that good. I am crying for the Lions fans. Obviously, this is tragic losses to them. I'm crying for Vikings fans. It's gotta be a heart attack every. time. you're working
7: up a lather over just there.
6: These games, like just, just take a knee, dude.
7: Oh, unbelievable. That was a really good talk about it because you got sweating, <laughs> and that's off. the idea. Um, we I, we've been on a mission. At least I have been to not underappreciate what Tom Brady's doing this year, and that's mm-hmm. great. We have to do the same for Derrick Henry. It's not normal. Stop normalizing Derrick Henry and just thinking, eh, it's Derrick Henry, it's Derrick Henry. No. If he slipped in your fantasy draft, if you don't think he's going to do the things he's going to do every year, you are so wrong. So wrong. Let's set the stage again. Historically, 2,000-yard rushers, as Derrick Henry was last year, have major fall-offs. Follow me with the upper left corner. Dickerson falls up 900 yards. Adrian Peterson, 800. Jamal Lewis, 1,000. Barry Sanders, the highest ever set. It's always a massive, massive follow-up. Derrick Henry's ahead. Derrick Henry is ahead mm. after five weeks on pace for 2,100 yards mm. and in a 16 game season, still 2,000 yards. You wanna see what he's done over the last 40 games of his career? Been the GOAT. Wow. 40 game stretch in NFL wow. history, he's looking down on mm. Jim, the Juice, TD, and Eric Dickerson. No one in the history of organized football has been better running the ball than Derrick Henry over a 40 game stretch ever understand he is incredibly serious about his training and cryo this and photomodulation this and it's working stop thinking this is okay because it is not human what he's doing i appreciate you
5: derrick henry d'angelo hall i appreciate you what do you want to talk about oh i want to talk about matt ryan okay because he was a dude that i had already retired and i said get him out of atlanta you should have gone quarterback what are you doing and through the first two weeks i I was right, uh
7: huh, uh huh. Uh-huh.
5: But then Matt said, "Hey guys, I still have it," mm-hmm. and I think he got right against my Washington team. But this is last week. He finally gets the football to one of his great playmakers in Kyle Pitts, and he's a guy that we thought was going to be a bigger part of this offense. He hadn't been really up until last week and this week against the Jets. But man, mm. Matt Ryan still got it, throwing the football at a seventy percent clip, mm-hmm. almost thirteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns. You know, I thought not having, you know, Julio, first of all, was such a guy that dictated coverage, right? It made things a little bit easy because, you know, when Julio's on the field, bam. And then, all right, Calvin Ridley has stepped up, become a great playmaker. He wasn't playing last week. But for Matt Ryan and his offense to continue to get better and better and to see him, you know, return to that kind of MVP form and prove to me that he can still throw this rock
3: thrilling comeback for the ravens last night to wrap up week five of the 2021 season it's come to an end so what do we do now it's a very important moment as we induct a new moment into the hall of frame these are images that speak to the week that connect the season think about an old school scrapbook a photo album that's what we're talking about so this year we've had james winston celebration uh, his face beating the packers week one i love that we put that in there we need to remember that and document it then you have lamar jackson end zone flip week two Then we go to the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Brandon Stadley. They hug after their win. And then week four, guys, we picked Brady and Belichick's postgame hug. Let's move on to this week. What do we got?
1: There was this
6: giant uh, lurking elephant in the room for all the Bills talk we had this offseason. It said they haven't beaten the Chiefs. They can't get by the Chiefs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the first drive of the game, the Bills went right down the field and they got their touchdown. And then... In the third quarter, when they needed it, it was a a finishing statement like no other. Josh Allen hurtling over cornerback LeJarius Sneed to get a first down. This was so symbolic. The Bills jumping over the Chiefs and saying, this is our moment. You've been our hurdle. We're going to leap over you and Mm, get there. I've got Allen over sneed but really it was the bills jumping over the chiefs in a lot of ways in the afc
5: good job peter yeah. i feel like you wrote your paper and got an a good. on it you know, it, you turned it in. yeah it's yeah. good nice job and peter i mean <laughs> it all you mentioned it earlier talking about the minnesota vikings and how some of these games they should have won right mm-hmm. they played a lot of close games to watch Kirk Cousins' interaction with Mike Zimmer yeah, after that, cool. that game. I mean, it was vintage. You like that? You know, it was vintage Kirk Cousins. And I, and I said, Kirk, you can't run up on my man Zim like that. Zim's a coaching veteran in this league. You might get Zim a heart attack, man. Zim's been through a lot. That's my guy. He was my coordinator for a year. Um, love Mike Zimmer. Love Kirk Cousins. Love this picture right here, man. Minnesota got that monkey off their back. Got to win. I love it for those guys. I love it for those guys, too. We got to put ourselves in
7: January. When you look back on week five, mm-hmm. week five was the weird week, the <laughs> wild one. Remember week five, all that stuff with the kickers? And remember that crazy Bengals-Packers game? That's why I'm going with yes. Bengals kicker Evan McPherson oh, missing another kick and then he's supposed to be celebrating he's sort of confused here at the time about wait did it go in or not this was the weirdest wild this week and it deserves a weird wild picture that's why i'm going with Evan McPherson of the Bengals
3: Evan McPherson very on brand for good morning football i see yep. what you're doing here what we were really robbed of was him wearing the image would have been him wearing uh, Jamal Adams outfit. Mm, That's what we are missed you if that happened. The See how really I did my part. that one. Uh, and I will give you the perfect A plus for this, and it's going to go with Peter Schrager's image, because this is the week. Week five, I want to remember Peter Schrager's heel turn. No! His That's heel turn. Point. Yeah, you know what I'm saying?
7: Yeah. Hell yes, I do. What Peter's do abandoned there? the Chiefs completely. Yes. Peter, you were a ground floor investor in Patrick Mahomes. Now you're selling all your He's, shares.
3: Peter Schrager, in fact. Let's impose his face onto Josh Allen as he is jumping over Sneed. Wow. And leaping over him and the oh, rest of that Chiefs team to, to Chiefs Buffalo. are like
6: Pets.com right now, Kyle. Mm. I don't know who is holding that stock.
7: <laughs> they, they can't have a little dip? I don't know, man. Pets.com?
6: <laughs> is the Kansas
3: City Chiefs? I don't know. But who is this guy?
7: Peter, man. You're breaking my heart, man. Love oh, him I'll and leave in him. <laughs> wow. All the
6: All right, Bills yeah. are playing better football.
3: We're so are a bunch of other
6: twos.
7: <laughs> never mind Pets.com. They're your fans only. The Bills. That's you, buddy. Yeah, boy. <laughs>
3: we'll see you tomorrow. Good morning, football. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door Cinema Club. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy
3: Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually,